Praise the Lord, my friends. Thank you so much for joining this podcast, the podcast of D.A. Smith Ministries. It is my prayer that the word of God that you hear today will bless you, empower you, and encourage you. Listen in to the word of God as it is taught and or preached and enjoy this podcast. God bless you. The Lord has been dealing with me about this one word, and that is prepare. Prepare. And I want to talk to us uh, over the next two to three weeks about that. Prepare. Prepare. And more specifically, we're going to talk about what we need to prepare for. Uh, And uh, now some of you uh, may not uh, like what we're going to talk about. And I understand that. And I certainly hope that you don't turn off uh, the, the broadcast and that you don't hang up the phone. And I hope you'll stay with us and... And listen to what the Lord is saying to us, because I believe that we all can uh, glean for what the Lord is going to say. I want to go to Second Kings chapter twenty, verse number one. Second Kings chapter twenty, verse number one. And uh, let's see if I can pull this. Up in another version. Second Kings chapter 20, verse number one. I forgot my iPad, so I'm working with this little screen here. Second Kings chapter 20, verse number one. While you're turning, you can certainly look at it on your screen. Let's say a word of prayer. Father, help us tonight in Jesus' name. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you what we are about to hear from you. Speak to us. Speak to our hearts and our minds. Lord, open in us our understanding tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Second uh, Kings chapter 20, verse number 1. In those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, <clears throat> Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Read that in the message translation. It says, sometime later, Hezekiah became deathly sick. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, paid him a visit and said, put your affairs in order. You're about to die. You haven't long to live. And we want to talk about for the next two or three weeks, prepare. And again, I ask you. Please be uh, kind and stay with us. Many of us don't like to talk about 
preparing, especially when it comes to preparing to leave this life. But in fact, we have to talk about making preparations. We look at uh, this text and we see uh, Hezekiah is the key character here. And Hezekiah was a righteous king. There was, there was nothing wrong with Hezekiah. Hezekiah was a righteous king. He was one of the best that there was in that time. And, and you know, uh, Judah, you know the history of, of Israel and so forth and so on. They had had a character too that they dealt with that was not the best. But Hezekiah was one of the best that there was in that time. He believed in worshiping God and God alone. He turned the worship back toward God. He said, we're not going to be doing all this funny stuff, all these idols and all. None of that. It's going to be God and God alone. And that's what Hezekiah stood for. And that's what he believed. And that's what he promoted. And my God, in this day and time, you have got to stand for for God and God alone. You don't have time for uh, any uh, negotiation on that. Any type of, uh, uh, you know, well, there's no harm in it. You, you don't have time for that kind of stuff. And uh, I don't see nothing wrong with it. Uh, it ain't going to hurt nothing. You, you got to stick straight with God. This is no time now for dibbling and dabbling with all kind of uh, things that are not in line with the word of God. I don't care uh, what the background, what tradition is concerning it. If it's not in line with the word of God, if it's not in line with what God says and what God stands for, you cannot tolerate it in your life. And Hezekiah said, we're going to worship God and God alone. And so he had great accomplishments as God, as king because God stood with him. God backed him up. I feel good tonight. God backed him up. God stood with him. Yes, Lord. But he did come against two major crises about midway his reign. He was faced with two major crises that we know about in uh, the scripture. Number one, he had to deal with the Assyrian invasion of Judah. That was one of his, his major crises, the Assyrian invasion of Judah. But then number two, <coughs> excuse me, Hezekiah became suddenly and severely ill. Now we're talking about a righteous man. We're talking about somebody that loved the Lord. We're talking about somebody that did right, somebody that was righteous. He became suddenly and severely ill. What does that suggest to us? It suggests that your stance with God, your lifestyle, does not necessarily mean you are exempt from Things that can happen in life. Okay? Uh, you still will sometimes come across things in life that you just have to experience. 
And this is one of them. He came across this sickness. He became suddenly and severely ill. In each of these experiences that we see Hezekiah go through, we see that it was his walk with God and his connection to the voice of God that helped him be prepared. It was his walk with God, his connection to the voice of God that helped him be prepared. He had a prayer life with God. He had a connection life with God. You see, you'll find that some people use prayer in addition to preparation. But some people use prayer in the place of preparation. There's a difference. Let me say that again. Some people use prayer in addition to preparation. Meaning they are already prepared. They do everything they can do to be prepared. They do everything to get themselves ready. They do everything to be prepared, to be ready. But then there are some who try to use prayer in the place of preparation. That's the least effective. You know, (laughs) I did this as a kid in school. I know I had a test, science test. Lord help me, Jesus. Had a science test, didn't study. But I was expecting that when I got to that uh, classroom, Miss Larkins, in um, Penn High School, bless her heart, God rest her soul. When I got to her class and I sat down to take that biology exam, if I said a prayer, somehow... The correct answer was going to come to me and I was going to pass that test. Well, it didn't always happen that way. (laughs) But for the grace of God, you know, so sometimes we try to put prayer in the place of our lack of preparedness. But, But we can't do that. And so there's two types of people that we see. We see the prepared and the unprepared. That's in every facet of life. We see the prepared and the unprepared. Ask yourself the question right now as I'm talking. Which type of person am I? Am I the prepared type or am I the unprepared? Because you have that in every aspect, every facet of life. You have business people that are prepared, unprepared. You ever been to an appointment and you show up on time, you got everything together, and then they late, and then when they late, they fumbling around trying to find your papers and everything. They, oh, you you go, you there for your appointment to get your hair cut, your hair done, or whatever, and you on time, and they trying to turn on everything and trying to find the relaxer, trying to find the the uh, whatever. And, but you on time. They're unprepared. Uh, uh, then they doing everything in the world. <laughs> Spiritually, prepared people, unprepared. Then we have that in the kingdom of God. Because what's naturally usually spills over into the spirit. Because the Bible says first natural, then the spirit. 
So we see this in Hezekiah's life. And this is why I believe the Lord gave him this message through uh, uh, Isaiah. He said, now, this is coming. I'm giving you the heads up because I know the life you live. He says to him, set thine house in order. Set thine house in order. This was not just referring to Hezekiah's personal affairs, but it was also things that were pertaining, listen, to the kingdom of Judah. Not just his personal affairs, but it was things pertaining to the kingdom. So what we're talking about right now and perhaps the next two weeks is not just talking about our personal things. But the Lord is telling all of us, get that house in order, not just from a personal perspective, but get ourselves together, get ourselves prepared, get things in order, even as it pertains to the kingdom of God, even as it pertains from a spiritual standpoint. I believe from the whole, my whole heart, God is giving us and he has been giving us all the way back to March. He has been giving us the space and the grace right now to make preparations to get our houses in order. He's been giving us the space and the grace to get our houses in order. Why? Why is that? Why has he been giving us the space and the grace to get our houses in orders? In order. Second Kings chapter 20, verse number 1. The last part of that verse says, For thou shalt die and not live. Wait a minute, Pastor Dan. You mean to tell me you going to spend two or three weeks talking about me dying? You going to spend two weeks or so talking about death? Well, I, I don't mean to be sour and I don't mean to, to rain on your parade. I don't mean to, to uh, be the Grinch that stole Christmas. But I have to remind you that we are not really in the land of the living, but we're really in the land of the dying, trying to get to the land of the living. We're really trying to get to the land where there is eternal life. This is not our home here. And in case you haven't looked on your TV screen lately at the news there's 250 some thousand people that started with us this year that were uh some were perfectly healthy <clears throat> but this mysterious unheard of disease came into the land and took them away from us we have to Listen and look at the signs of the time. We have to listen and look and see 
that we don't have as much time as we used to have. We don't have as much time as we think we have. Yes, we want we want houses, we want cars, we want land. We want all of that thing, those things. And if the Lord should tarry and time should should suspend itself in our lives and that we have more time, we will be able to enjoy these things longer on this side. But the fact will always remain that thou shalt die and not live. And so tonight, my mindset, your mindset has to start changing. So what we're going to be talking about uh, for the next few minutes, some things are just going to be practical, if that's all right. But I do, I, we can refer it back to the word of the, God, uh, word of the Lord. Some things are just practical. I want to ask you a question tonight, and I'm going to ask you this question in this setting, because usually when you ask this question, it's at a funeral and you all, your emotions are everywhere. Are you prepared to die? Are you prepared to die? Many right now are getting prepared for Christmas. Many have their layaways and, and have been paying on items since October every week. Uh, every month been putting away stuff. Some this Black Friday and Cyber Monday went and just bought up a bunch of stuff. There was some that was outside for two days waiting for PlayStation 5s. And there was some, praise God, that were buying bicycles and all these things. And I'm not saying that we shouldn't do these nice things because I try to do these things too. I have a daughter that I love to to do things for. But what about Proverbs chapter 13 verse 22? What does that say? Let's look at it. <coughs> Proverbs 13 verse 22 says, a good man and that's that's not specifically gender related. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children, and the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. All right? What are we doing in addition to the bicycles and the PlayStation? I'm not saying don't get the bicycle. I want nobody to leave this broadcast tonight. I want nobody to hang up the phone and say, Lord, did you hear what he said? Pastor Dan, I don't know what's wrong with him. He done told us, don't buy the cheering Christmas. Don't buy the PlayStation. Don't buy this. Don't, uh, I don't understand that. That's control. No, 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 no. I'm saying because we know that this life is going to eventually phase out some sooner than others. What are we doing in addition to the PlayStation? In addition to the bicycle because by March of next year it's probably going to be a newer PlayStation out and your child is going to look at you and say uh, <clears throat> my PlayStation don't work right no more uh, can I get PlayStation 6 your child probably won't even be able to find uh, the bicycle that you bought this year they're 
probably done tore uh, the back wheel off of it. Don't know where it's at. Probably over the creek somewhere. Don't know uh, what happened to it. Right? So the question is, what are we doing in addition to the material things? What are we doing to leave something that uh, should our life end? Their life can be further sustained until their time comes. So a simple question. Do we even have life insurance? Oh, Lord have mercy. <clears throat> Do we even have life insurance to cover final experiences? Oh, that ain't my problem. God. When you're dead, you're done. That ain't my problem. They just have to figure that out when I'm gone. I won't know anything about it. Well, is that? The Bible says a good man leaves an inheritance. You don't leave a burden. You, you, do you want to leave that kind of trouble <clears throat> on your children and your grandchildren to have to figure out what they're going to do to put you away decently? Uh, I hope nobody's hung up. I hope nobody's signed off yet. Do, do you want... That kind of legacy that I show love granddaddy, but he didn't have to do us like this. Do you want GoFundMe to be your legacy? And I'm not saying you got to have the most in the world, but uh, uh, and sometimes your situation would not allow you to, to have uh, the biggest uh, uh, of, of that and the biggest of this. But but preparation is the key. Because when you think about it, sometimes all of the playstations and the bicycles and the, uh, uh, the going out and the doing this, when you calculate it all up, you say, oh, but I don't have the money to, to put away for that. I don't have the money to do this. When you really sit down and calculate how much you spend, on these other things, you have really already done what was necessary. But we don't like this kind of teaching tonight. Do I have a will? Do, think about, ask yourself, do I even have a will? If you have any type of, of, of uh, uh, possessions and assets. You need a wheel. Do I have a wheel? Because, you know, one of the main things that splits families up when someone dies is who's going to get the lawnmower? Who's going to get, who's going to get the lawnmower? Who's going to get, uh, the coffee maker? That kind of thing splits families up for generations and, and two generations, uh, uh, they won't be speaking over the lawnmower. Do I have anything uh, that says anything about everything? Do I have it written now? Do I have it written that says anything about everything? <clears throat> and if I have it, uh, does, does anyone know where it is? Because <laughs> it does no good to have stuff written down and to have it uh, prepared, praise God, have it prepared. And have your documents and have all of this and that. But nobody have it put away so secret that nobody, time your family finds it, 
they done fell out with each other. Y'all help me tonight. By the time they find it, uh, two, three years, four years past, they talk to each other. Because you buried it so well, because you didn't want nobody to know nothing. We don't realize and we don't talk about these types of things in general, especially in the church, because we don't think it's appropriate. Somebody right now is probably offended that I'm talking about this. Somebody right now probably think I'm out of order for talking about this. Uh, we don't think it should be discussed. But the Lord specifically said this to Isaiah, to, to Hezekiah through Isaiah. He said, get your house in order. He said that. He said, get your house in order. <clears throat> and so I'm getting ready to wrap this up. But this is what needs to happen. And this is our bullet point for tonight. From now on. We have to be intentional about everything. Be intentional about everything. I want you to go to Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15. Praise the Lord. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15. It says, see then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Verse 16 says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. We have to be intentional about everything because we're in preparation mode. We're in preparation mode. We have to be intentional. About everything. We have to be just as intentional about going to Piggy Wiggly as we are about going to California. Let me say that again. We have to be just as intentional about going to Piggly Wiggly as we are about going to California. One seems small and insignificant, the other seems uh, more major and more thoughtful. But in reality, you can leave from home and not return from each, either one of them. <clears throat> so the point is, anything that I do now, it has to be for a reason and for a purpose. And that reason and that purpose has to be in line with my preparations for life hereafter. So, so, whatever I'm doing, wherever, whatever I'm doing, I have to be intentional about it. I have to be intentional about it. Look at that word intentional with me. That word intentional, you see the word intent. <clears throat> Ask, ask yourself the question, <clears throat> excuse me, what is my intent for doing what I'm doing? 
What is my intent for going where I'm going? What is my intent for saying what I'm saying? That's the judge of whether or not it's in order. Solomon said it like this, the integrity of the upright shall guide them. If you are serious about your salvation, if you're about if you're serious about seeing God, then your intents will stay pure no matter if you are going to Piggly Wiggly or going to California. Because you know that every day you have to be prepared. But the reality, my brothers and sisters, if we be honest, some people just don't intend on doing right. Some people just don't intend on being right. We don't want that to be said of us, that our intentions are not right. We have to be in preparation mode at all times. The Lord said, Hezekiah, get thine house in order. Everything from the time the Lord spoke that to him meant you got to be intentional now. And we know that Hezekiah said that prayer. And it changed things. But what if God's will is for everything to stay the same? You have to be prepared. Have to be prepared. But the good news tonight, as I come to a close, is that God is getting us ready for that great day. Yes, he is. God is getting us ready for that great day. How is he doing that right now? Every time you hear the word of God taught, like you hear it tonight, every time you hear the word of God preached, every time you open up the word and the word convicts you, the word corrects you, he's getting you ready for that day. Every time you uh, 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 feel something is not right with what you did, something is not right with what you said, and, and, and you feel, uh, I need to change this, I need to do this differently. God is getting you ready for that great day. He's trying to make sure that you get things in order and stay prepared. Stay prepared. He's not doing it. To hurt you. He's not doing it to knock you down. He's not doing it to make you feel bad. He's not doing it to make you walk away and say, I don't want to have nothing to do with God. And I don't want to have nothing to do with the church. I don't want to turn on Bible study no more. I don't want to turn on Christian education. I'm certainly not going to go back to church when they open the church. Because all they want to do is try to tell me how to live. All they want to do is try to tell me to do this and do that. No, 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 no. That's the wrong perspective. God is trying to get us ready for that great day. God is trying to get us ready. Because nothing about Seeing a soul lost makes God happy. Nothing about seeing a soul 
missed the mark makes God happy. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Heaven rejoices when a saint comes home. The Lord wants his children home. Glory to God. Don't you want to be with the Lord? Amos said, prepare to meet thy God. We have to be prepared. We have to be prepared. And so, we're going to dig into this just a little bit more. And see how we need to be prepared. All right? Because the, the time that we used to have, as I said before, we don't have it no more, precious ones. We don't have it no more. And it's not, you know, we used to say, oh, the old ones are dying out. Huh? Not necessarily. I know some old ones right now that are going to a, a lot of virtual funerals for young people. It, it's it's the, the times have changed now. And the Lord... The Lord is telling us everyone needs to be in a state of preparation of preparation right now because you don't know when it's going to be time for you to make an exit. Are things in order naturally? Are you getting things ready? Is your spirit ready to be sent back to God? 